You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics, Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, your trusty, trusty if not talented host of the program, which you can hear each and every weekday morning from right now until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. If you haven't already, you need to get out there, get your football weekend snacks, get them ready. I've told you sort of my secret mix of late has consisted of a a big bag, a big bag of the dark chocolate almonds with about a 30% mix of the dark chocolate cranberries. You go 70% dark chocolate almonds, about 25-30%. If you're going to go heavy on one of the two, for me at least, it's the almonds. But you can't go wrong with those dark chocolate cranberries out there at Peterbrook Chocolatier as well. Joined on the program by producer Jacob Harrison, who together we combine to form the 60-minute band of Sports Talk Radio. A a busy, busy day for Jacob Harrison. It is a Friday, so uh, kind of an all-day thing for you today, right, Jacob? Yeah, got in here at, at you know a quarter to nine. Get ready for the Gary Harris show, then your show, then Jay Barker's show. Get a little bit of reprieve to catch some food, and then six to nine, Kerry Clark and I will be right here on Tide One Hundred Point Nine, covering all things uh, high school football, preview Alabama, Tennessee, talk some NFL as well, and then head over to Gold Moon for pre and post game tomorrow. There you go. He's a busy one, Jacob Harrison. You're also going to have, I guess, James Ludeman tonight on the radio station. Captain Ray, with your scores from the high school gridiron, our Northridge Jaguars with a big one on homecoming 2020 out there in Northeast Tuscaloosa. McAdory coming over from Bessemer. Going to try to ruin homecoming 2020. Big region game in 6A between those two tonight over off Northridge Road. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. If you'd like to get on board, give us your thoughts for the upcoming football weekend. Certainly the centerpiece around here is Alabama and Tennessee. Alabama looking to make it 14 in a row over the Vols. Put it this way, okay? Our daughter, our youngest, is a freshman at the University of Alabama. The last time the Crimson Tide lost to the Vols, she was in pre-K four over at Holy Spirit. How about that? That's all that that gives you some perspective, man. And it's interesting because the oldest of ours, who is now a University of Alabama graduate, been out of UA a couple of years now. You know, there was a time, I think it was maybe the 2006 game in Knoxville. And at the time he was, I guess Evan was all of 10 years old. And I took him up to Knoxville. We went to the game. It was a disappointing loss. Uh, I believe you had – actually, it was 2004. We went 2006, too, uh, as well. We were at that game. That was the Eric Ainge interception to Simeon Castile where Ainge tackled Castile at like the one, and Alabama couldn't get in from there. It kind of told you what was coming next, maybe, with the Alabama football program under Mike Shula. Um 
if you didn't already know at that point. But 2004 it was because Brody Croyle was hurt. Spencer Pennington was your starting quarterback. And Alabama played the game close, tight game. Came up a little bit short. And I remember a then 10-year-old Evan Ryer as we exited. He was crestfallen as we exited Neyland Stadium that day. Uh, he, he said, you know, Dad, I, I'm ready to see this Alabama football that I've heard so much about, you know, as a 10-year-old. And then about after that, it, it as we know, it turned around. And I think during his four years at Alabama, that was in that stretch where UA won at least two national championships. So I say it worked out okay for young Evan. 205-342-9904. That is the number to call. We'll talk with Charlie Potter coming up in just a little bit as we continue to preview Alabama and Tennessee on the fourth Saturday in October. We'll check in with Pops later in the program. Pops feeling a little bit better about himself. He's had a couple of good weeks of picks. Two and one weeks back-to-back after that 0-for-3 that he started the season with. So he's trying to get up over the 500 mark as we look ahead to this uh, next weekend of college uh, football. And so we'll do that with Pops coming up a little bit later as well. You know, Jacob, we talked about yesterday, if we had to make a choice between Arkansas State and Appalachian State last night from Boone, North Carolina on ESPN, or the NFL game, the Giants and the Eagles from Philadelphia, I think we both agree that, well, we wouldn't probably watch all that much of the Giants and the Eagles. We also had the presidential debate last night, and uh, I did catch some of that. I thought it was uh, a lot more well done in every aspect than the first go-around. I'm still not sure if a lot of folks are going to make it the next week and a half without uh, combusting. But, you know, look, a lot of interest. Hopefully that leads to a lot of votes. A lot of people getting out and voting, hopefully, this time around. But it turned out the Giants and the Eagles had the finish, had the finish last night. The Giants didn't have the finish, unfortunately, for first-year head coach Joe Judge, former special teams analyst here at Alabama under Nick Saban. It was the Eagles with 12 unanswered points there in the fourth quarter, the final of which coming on a Carson Wentz to Boston Scott touchdown pass on a second and goal from the 18. The Giants still couldn't close it out. You also had that drop by Evan Ingram, the former Ole Miss tight end of a perfectly thrown pass from Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, as they sometimes refer to him up there in Gotham. Ingram just flat out dropped that third down pass, and that really set up the the winning sequence there for the Philadelphia Eagles. What about Daniel Jones last night? Jacob, I'm sure I'm sure you saw this, whether social media or live or whatever, because it went viral pretty quickly. Daniel Jones on that 80-yard run last night, and he trips over the 20-yard line on his way in. I guess the Giants got in anyway, so it didn't matter. Um, but that kind of summed up the Giants to this point of the season. Those hammies um, gave out. Yeah, you know, I think there was a sniper in the light stand there at the link that got him. That's what it looked like. It looked like a sniper got him. Tuscan Raiders. It'll happen. It'll happen, you know, from time to time. Hey, uh, we do have Ellis. You talk about a Super Bowl type of week for Ellis up in Manchester, Tennessee. Uh, this is it for him. I mean, the, Alabama, Tennessee, uh, I, I don't know if he can contain himself at this point. I'm sure he's in those cargo shorts trying to walk off some of that energy up there in Middle Tennessee this morning because – it's anything but for Saturday and October type weather, right? What's what's it going to be kickoff temp wise? I wonder at Neyland Stadium tomorrow. It's it's another warm one here. How about it, Ellis? Are you are you holding it together here as we as we approach twenty four hours until kickoff? Oh, I'm just I'm excited, Travis. I'm ready for it to ready for it to happen right now. You ready? Now, do you have yeah. sort of a pregame routine? You know, do you eat a certain breakfast? Do you? You know, do you have kind of a regimen, Ellis, that you follow on game days, especially when we're talking about Alabama, Tennessee? Oh, I'll get up and go eat a good breakfast. And then, uh-huh. uh, you know, what about a last weekend cigar? I had last weekend I had surf and turf for supper. Oh, wow. Shrimp and steak. A, that that so, always works. What about a victory cigar? 
Do you do that? Do you partake? Yes, in that I have got originally? to go get a cigar. I'm going to get one of them uh, uh-huh. after I get off of work. Maybe a fine Swisher Sweets or something along that line, right? Yeah, something like that. Or I might find a, uh, a good deal on one of those good, good, uh, real good cigars. A fine we ain't got Cuban. no cigar shop here around here, so I'll have to go to the tobacco outlet store. You know, that's the thing that's one of the things that's I couldn't have imagined when when the moved here with the family seventeen years ago was we've got multiple cigar shops now in Tuscaloosa. It's crazy, man. Uh, you've got a yeah. you've actually got a selection around here. So uh, the cigar business is a big one now. Uh, that's what I'm going to miss is, uh, you know, when they have it down, when they have the game down there in Tuscaloosa, it's always fun after the ball game to meet back up at the, the tailgate and uh, everybody fire up a big stogie. Yeah. Yeah. When the aforementioned oldest, our only son, Evan, when, uh, when he was not quite out of high school, I took him to the Alabama-Tennessee game in 2012 in Neyland. And he may have had the green light to fire up a stogie right there in the corner of the end zone after that one. We didn't tell we didn't tell the chocolate lady beforehand or really even after, but uh, he he did have the green light, you know, to do that if he wanted uh, to. So they they ain't talked about it nothing up here. They had the first year they was talking about how uh, how good Tennessee was and everything, and then uh, you, I had that one friend that said, "Book it." You know, Tennessee's going to win this year. So, well, you know, ever since, even in ever the since offseason, I asked him, I said, what's wrong now? And the first thing out of his mouth is Kentucky. Yeah, Guarantano with six turnovers in about the last four or five, six quarters hasn't helped at the quarterback position. It's going to be interesting with the quarterback situation for Tennessee. We talked about it with Wes Rucker, GoVols247.com yesterday. Exactly who is Tennessee going to run out there first? Is it going to continue to be Guarantano? Is it going to be maybe Brian Maurer, who started here in Tuscaloosa a year ago? Could it be another true freshman option in Harrison Bailey? Uh, you know, it, it's 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 hard to say, I guess, right now. I, we talked about this, too. Now, Tennessee's got to run the ball, man. they got to try to shrink the game. Do you have any concerns from the Alabama perspective? Uh, Ellis, no, you just, at this no. point, you just and I heard that interview with you with uh, Wes Rucker yesterday. I was listening, you know, and I heard that, you know, and it sounds uh, kind of down about the ball. Wes said it you could know. end up being like Georgia Tech Clemson last week. I mean, that was 73 to 7. You know, I, I have a hard time seeing 73 to 7, but Wes pulled that out of I, his hat yesterday. I don't think Saban, I don't think Nick Saban had embarrassed him that bad. Uh, no, nah, he wouldn't do Jerry but, like uh, that. I will say Matt Jones will have over 400 yards again. Four straight game with 400 yards. It you could know be what? five. One of, one, of, one, of my, one of my predictions for the game tomorrow in my piece at BamaOnline.com right now is that Matt Jones will throw more touchdown passes than Slade Bolden. You know, because last year in the game – you had three guys for Alabama, Ellis, throw passes against Tennessee here in Tuscaloosa. Mac Jones, Tua Tagovailoa, and Slade Bolden. The only one of those three to throw a touchdown pass in that game last year was Slade Bolden. How about that? How about that for yeah, a true answer? I was answer? there. Yeah, he threw the jump pass. You remember to Miller Forrestall. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. But I got I to gotta talk about something that ain't about Alabama is uh, – uh, y'all's uh, dog, foo foo, hard dog, lay, laying down yeah. on the job. He's something else, man. He's become kind of a social media star. You know, he's got his own Instagram account now, the Pomeranian of of uh, really? Casa de Rire. Yeah, you can follow him on uh, you can follow him on Instagram. He's man, he's. I will, but I thought that was me. You know, him just stretched out on the floor right there. And he's, he's, he's a guard, he's, dude, guard dog, yeah, you know. So yeah, he's, he's reached the point out. where he, he doesn't even try anymore. You know, he, he likes to <laughs> lay by that garage door and look out when he's awake. But a lot of times now we just walk up and, you know, he's dead asleep. So, yeah, that's kind of food. Oh, yeah, but he likes to go out there and wait on uh, mom to come in. Though, he does. He loves the chocolate lady. And he knows when that street light comes on out there, Ellis, that she's supposed to be home. 
So he'll go out there and he'll sit on that walkway to the house and, and look at the street until she comes up. You know, if that ain't love, what is Ellis? That's love. That's love. That's right, bud. <laughs> All right, my man. But, well, take uh, care of yourself yeah, right I there. just don't see Tennessee doing nothing. You don't you know, see it. Uh, I think Christian Barmore is gonna uh, is gonna uh, start playing a little bit better. So big matchup inside right tomorrow with uh, DJ Dale, Christian Barmore, and uh, you got Trey Smith, the big guard for Tennessee. It's going to be an NFL player, Kate Mays at guard. If Tennessee's going to run the ball, that's right where it's going to be, Ellis. That's going to be a big matchup tomorrow. Got it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's got they got to be ready. Got to be ready for it. But uh, we got it. We got it covered. Ellis says it's all good. So it's all good. All right, Ellis. We appreciate the phone call as always, my man. Have a great weekend. All right, buddy. Have a good one. There he goes, Ellis, up in Manchester, Tennessee, home of the Bonnaroo. Music and Arts Festival. Had to skip it because of COVID nineteen. According to Ellis, they're gonna uh they're gonna shoot for maybe I guess September of next year. Been to a few of those Bonnaroos. Been to a few. Officially retired now. Couldn't hang. The old man couldn't hang. We're gonna talk to another young guy coming up here in the very next segment. That of course being Charlie Potter does an outstanding job covering the Alabama Crimson Tide for twenty four seven sports.com. We'll do that with Charlie when a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports returns on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and is brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama football is putting the finishing touches on game week preparations for Tennessee. Head coach Nick Saban stressed the importance of this rivalry between the Tide and the Vols. You got to go out and earn it. You got to play every play. Um, and you got to do a little extra sometimes to, you know, make that happen uh, in terms of your preparation. You know, I think it's especially important to do this, have this kind of uh, focus in rivalry games because I don't think records really mean that much. Uh, I think how players perform, uh, how they prepare will affect how they perform, and I think that's really, really important. And a lot of folks, you know, this game means a lot to it, means a lot to me. Um, and I want our players to be ready to go and ready to play well. I'll have more in a moment. Everwood Treatment Company is wood treated right. Everwood is the most technologically advanced pressure treated wood available. That means no rotting, no decay, no problems. Just wood treated right. Everwood is your treated wood source and the official pressure treated lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. If you're looking to add or replace decks, outdoor structures, or commercial jobs, choose Everwood for wood treated right. If you need it, we'll get it to you. To locate your local Everwood store, visit everwoodtreatment.com. Everwood Treatment, official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. We've got you covered for Alabama football against Tennessee on Saturday afternoon. Our radio coverage across the network will begin at 11.30 a.m. Central, leading you right up to kickoff at 2.30 p.m. The Crimson Tide are the second-ranked team in the country and a perfect 4-0 to begin the year. Tennessee is unranked and 2-2 this season, coming off losses to Georgia and Kentucky. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Everwood. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. For your Friday, a developing shower or storm is possible across West Alabama. Otherwise, partly sunny skies with highs near 83. Tonight, mostly cloudy with lows near 65. And tomorrow, an isolated shower or storm possible highs near 81 degrees. I'm meteorologist James Spann on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide! Tide 
93.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you. Each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show is always brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier. It's that time on Fridays when we like to check in with my colleague there at BamaOnline.com. Does an outstanding job covering the Crimson Tide for the Alabama-affiliated website on the 247sports.com network. That, of course, being Charlie Potter. Charlie, welcome back to the program, my friend. We don't have as much of a vested interest, I guess, in the in the baseball, the World Series right now, but uh, nice run by the Braves, nonetheless. It was, yeah. I mean, I guess if you'd have told me, especially after the Soroka injury, that the Braves would make it to Game Seven of the NLCS, I think most of us would have, would have taken that. Um, especially given the recent run of, of playoff woes. But um, no, I mean, this team was a lot of fun to watch, and um, hopefully, they can keep it intact. And you know, do some things in the off season to maybe re-sign a guy like Azuna, maybe bring in another arm. But you know, I think the the young guys they have, the core players they have, again, they're they're fun to watch. Hopefully, they can keep them together for a few more years. Speaking of keeping a team together and healthy, Alabama has managed to do that. Although, as we heard from Nick Saban right here on Side One Hundred Point Nine FM last night. On his weekly call-in show, sound like even Nick Saban dealing with uh, a bit of a cold and uh, maybe a couple of pr- typical starters that that could have some question marks about them. I guess this weekend, LeBron Ray and Carl Tucker. Yeah, I mean it's, it's kind of uh, kind of funny because he was doing the radio show last week from home via Zoom. I think he likes to be there in person for that. Um, to one to kind of you know get out of the house and to be around fans, but two to avoid any uh, te- technological issues and things like that. But last week when he did test positive for COVID, uh, he was feeling fine. Obviously, we all know that he was asymptomatic and proved to be a false positive test. But this week, you know, he, he was coughing a bit. It sounds like he has a cold, and um, you know that's to be expected with the, the weather changing. I know a lot of people in my family are just going through things like that, but. Um, outside of providing a, a health update on himself, uh, Eli Gold did ask him about LeBron Ray and, and Carl Tucker, who are dealing with um, elbow and hamstring injuries, respectively. And he didn't sound very optimistic about them playing. He said they're both still going to be questionable. And with, with Tucker and that hamstring, it sounds like he entered it on uh, the kickoff return you know, the week before the Georgia game. And um, you know they don't want to be rushing that back too soon. So uh, he said, I think that they're hopeful that in another week or two uh, he'll be able to do some things again. So it sounds like he hasn't been doing much at practice. And then for Ray, again, he's still questionable. Uh, he's practiced some this week, and even Alabama sent out a photo of him in a, in a crimson jersey. And, um, you know, that's usually a good sign. But, um, you know, they don't know if he'll be ready for the game either. So a couple of guys to watch for in, in pregame warm-ups tomorrow. But uh, other than that, it sounds like everybody else is, is ready to go. Yeah, considering we saw a couple of true freshmen along that defensive line against Georgia, Tim Smith, uh, Jamil Burroughs, I guess it didn't come as a shock to you that word began to get out later into the weekend, into the early stages of this week, that second-year defensive lineman Ishmael Softshire has decided to enter the transfer portal, or maybe the timing did catch you a little bit by surprise. No, I mean... It is surprising just because it is after four games of the season. Usually, you know, from an Alabama perspective, you don't see many guys into the portal during the season. But um, when that did happen, when both Burroughs and Smith entered the Georgia game, that was kind of an eyebrow raiser because I think Ishmael Sopcher did some nice things in the preseason. Um, obviously, he worked um, the last year or so to transform his body. I think from um, the time that Alabama updated its roster in early august for preseason camp from the the last time it was updated which was the end of the 2019 season he had dropped the most weight of any player i think 24 pounds so he had really worked hard to to get into better shape and i just think it's probably a matter of consistency with him um you know you got to bring it every day if you want to crack that rotation on the defensive line and um to see a couple of true freshmen getting ahead of him was kind of telling and um you know just to to see it happen uh, you know, close to 9 p.m. on a on a Wednesday is, is 
a little surprising, but given just the personnel moves and, and what we've seen on the field from Alabama, you kind of expected something like that to, to come down the pipe at some point. And sticking with that defensive line, um, I'm not so sure it was that Alabama's front seven convinced Georgia to get away from the run as much as it was Alabama's offense that actually <laughs> forced Georgia to get away from the run last Saturday night. I get the feeling Tennessee won't do that tomorrow unless just absolutely pressed. Given that quarterback situation, the turnovers uh, that they've suffered here in the last two games, um, who are some guys tomorrow for Alabama uh, that, that maybe need to step it up even more than what we saw against Georgia to, to have success against a, a really, really talented guard tandem for, for the Vols and obviously, again, a, a centric attack that – is going to be on the, the run game for the balls. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee is in good shape at quarterback, like you said, and uh, they are they do have a, a decent rush offense, and I think that they could lean on that. But, you know, I agree with you wholeheartedly that a lot of that is more predicated on what Alabama's doing on offense than what Alabama's doing on defense. you got to play catch-up against this Alabama offense, and you know, running the football doesn't typically uh, lead to those results. So, um, Alabama hasn't been great at stopping the run. I think they've improved. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think you're going to have to have another good game from Dylan Moses. You know, Nick Saban said that was his best game of the season by far against Georgia. And, you know, he had a couple of sluggish performances against uh, A&M and, and Ole Miss. I thought he played great at, against Missouri. And, you know, maybe it's a, a confidence and a comfortability thing with him in that knee. But uh, he played a little better against Georgia. We'll see if he can build on that. that that'll be big in, in stopping the run. And, and just getting guys lined up and getting the, the defense where it needs to be. And then, yeah, up front, um, you know, a lot of guys could step up. It doesn't sound like LeBron Ray will be able to go. So, you know, Christian Barmore will, will likely be starting in his place. And, you know, both he and DJ Dell did some good things uh, against Georgia. You know, they were very effective in getting their big paws up and, and batting balls down at the line of scrimmage. Now, given uh, Stetson Bennett is a shorter quarterback, and they kind of realized that when watching film, but – they're going to have to be effective in, in stopping the run, but that's going to really take all 11 guys. And I think collectively they need to need to do a better job, but it, it starts up front. And if guys like Barmore and Dale and Justin Boygby, if they can be consistent, then you know, this defense can see success. Kind of amazing, isn't it, to think back to last year's Tennessee game here. And it was, it was very much a caretaker type performance once Mac Jones was thrust into action following the injury to Tua Tonga Vailoa there in the first half and you think back on Mac's performance in that game I think he was 6 of 11 for 72 yards uh, didn't throw a touchdown pass uh, it, it really it really didn't provide us a glimpse at all at what was what was to come because I guess it was the next week against Arkansas he was really good and it's kind of rolled on from there, just uh, maybe the perception that was had of Mac coming out of last year's Tennessee game and where it sits now, Charlie. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a tough spot for him to be in with Tua going down with that ankle injury. And it, it's a similar situation in the Mississippi State game as well whenever he suffered the hip injury. And I think with Mac, you just kind of get shades of game manager. You know, that hasn't been really a term that's been used at the quarterback position at Alabama uh, for a few years. And uh, it popped back up with, with Mac. He looked like that, um, looked like a guy that could get the job done, but you're not going to have many wild plays. And, you know, he's turned that narrative completely on his head because he's been one of the most uh, explosive passers in the country uh, through four games this season. And it is completely different than uh, a year ago. I think the offense uh, is going to have no trouble uh, against Tennessee. And not to say that it, you know, was, was in any kind of peril, against the Vols last year, but again, it, it wasn't something that was, you know, when, when Jones tried on the field and Brian Denny last season, he wasn't exactly striking fear in, in Jeremy Pruitt and the, the defense's heart. So uh, that's changed. Um, you know, Jeremy Pruitt went out of his way this week to, you know, praise this offense to say it's the best Alabama offense he's seen in his entire life and uh, complimented everybody uh, from the quarterback to the running backs, receivers, tight ends, offensive line. He knows this is a special group. And I think, the way that Mac Jones is playing right now is a big part of that. You know, Charlie, I, I have a hard time recalling an offensive performance 
that just in terms of going the way Nick Saban would try to lay it out, especially against an opponent like Georgia, one that he would he would prefer more than what we saw last Saturday night. I mean, it had everything, the explosive plays, uh, the clutch plays on offense, and then in the fourth quarter to take the clock like Alabama did. And that's that's what Nick Saban's been talking about for like four or five years, it seems like, Charlie. And that was, again, maybe you recall a, another particular instance. Maybe Michigan in the bowl game was a preview of that. But again, against that type of opponent, that was that was textbook. I I, w- I would think. Yeah, it was. It was really a, a perfect storm. And you know, outside of that first play, which was uh, just a, a cluster where Mac Jones gets hit and he gets picked, uh, and the rest of it was just what you drew up for it. Uh, you know, there were plenty of explosive plays and a ninety-yard touchdown to Jalen Waddle. And like you said, the big thing I think with this offense, we've seen that they can succeed and. Uh, explosive plays down the field and you know Jones delivering the, the deep ball with accuracy but in the fourth quarter whenever the defense was able to get stops and to force those crucial turnovers uh, the offense was able to to kind of drain the clock and and run the ball and to continue to put points on the board and so I think that um, you know that was a, a big thing for me going into this when you look at time of possession afterwards if you said the Alabama led the game in time of possession I would have had a tough time believing it just because Georgia really held on to the ball. I think Alabama was averaging something like 27 minutes per game. So for them to win that battle says a lot. And, yeah, I mean, it was a complete performance by that offense. And, um, you know, the, the big thing for them and the entire team is to not let that be a one-hit wonder to continue to roll. And the offense has been rolling, but to get the, the running game going in the second half just shows that you know, it's capable of controlling a game from start to finish. Nothing is ever perfect, as we know. And for the Alabama special teams, whereas it was another perfect night for Will Reichert in terms of field goals and extra points, which if you're an Alabama fan at this point, you'll take that and whatever else happens on special teams you can live with. But kickoff coverage uh, was a problem for Alabama in the game. Outside of a nice stop by Brian Branch on one of those uh, kicks, um, and then I still think, and I think everyone can see flipping the field in the punting game is something that, that continues to be a, a work in progress, I guess, for Alabama where special teams are concerned. Yeah, both of those things are, um, not ideal. And, uh, you know, I asked Saban about Will Riker on Monday and, you know, he gave his usual spiel and then, you know, went on to talk about how kickoffs haven't been what they want them to be. And you know, Riker has the leg to, to put it in the back of the end zone. I mean, he, he kicked a 52-yarder, and uh, it would have been good from a few yards back. So uh, I don't think it's necessarily a, a lack of ability. It's just they're not placing the ball where they want it to be. And then in turn, the, the coverage team hasn't been as consistent as we've seen it now. You know, there hasn't been some guys out there. We've seen some freshmen. You just mentioned Brian Branch. Um, you know, some other guys are out there. Uh, so, you know, maybe that's different this week. Who knows? You can never tell in this year, given, you know, all the things that are going on with, you know, injuries and COVID and everything, but, uh, that obviously needs to improve. And then punting, um, you know, Saban even mentioned that, you know, this week there's still a competition there. And then Sam Johnson is kind of ranked at the bottom of the SEC just in terms of average. And, um, it's kind of a head scratcher because, you know, Ty Piran was tweeting from the stands on Saturday. I didn't notice him in pregame warm-ups and then. As the game went on, you see that he's tweeting from the seats at Bryant Denny. So, you know, maybe he makes the trip to, to Knoxville. Tennessee has been a game where we've seen some punting changes the last few years. So maybe that mm-hmm. trend continues. But it would definitely be something to watch to see how, you know, they approach that in pregame warm-ups because they're only going to travel a, a few specialists this weekend. Yeah, it was. It was Mike Bernier two years ago that took over for Skyler DeLong, I believe, at this point in the season. Uh up there in Knoxville. Well, Charlie, always great stuff for us there at BamaOnline.com. Got you covered, whether it's football, hoops, you name it. BamaOnline.com's Charlie Potter does an outstanding job for us. Hey, Charlie, safe travels up there to Rocky Top. Look forward to the coverage, and we'll talk to you again real soon. All right, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes, Charlie Potter, outstanding beat reporter for BamaOnline.com. Going to head to a break, and we come back. A few more calls I'll make on this Alabama-Tennessee game. Then we'll get to Pops' picks a little bit later as well. Southern Fried Sports on a Friday, presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier. Back right after this. Great. 
You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. FM, Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Thanks again to Charlie Potter of BOL for joining us there. Talk some Alabama and Tennessee with Charlie. And uh, we still got some predictions to make for tomorrow's game, by the way. Talked about one earlier with Ellis when he checked in from Manchester and that I uh, feel pretty comfortable, pretty confident that Mac Jones, in fact, will throw more touchdown passes against Tennessee this year than Slade Bolden. Slade got Tua and Mac last year. 1-0-0. Of the three guys who attempted passes for Alabama against the Vols, only Slade Bolden threw a touchdown pass in last year's game. And Mac's coming off, as we know, his third straight 400-yard passing performance. He has extended his streak of multiple touchdown pass outings to eight following the win over Georgia last Saturday night. He'll look to do it. Now, look, the explosive plays, obviously huge for Alabama with Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, and now John Mechie. Uh, He's going to be going against a defense that is uh, at the top of the list in the SEC when it comes to touchdown passes allowed. Vols have only allowed four touchdown passes in four games. Two of those to Stetson Bennett of Georgia a couple weeks ago. Now, look, I understand. South Carolina, okay, uh, playing a little bit better at the the quarterback position than maybe some folks anticipated this season. Uh, But Missouri wasn't in a great place as far as the quarterback position was concerned three weeks ago when it visited Neyland Stadium. This is an entirely different challenge. We understand that. I think Mac's going to be okay tomorrow against the Vols. I also think, here's another prediction for you. I think Will Anderson gets his first sack as an Alabama Crimson Tider tomorrow. You know, he's been in the vicinity a couple of times, did some nice things in the pass rush in the second half against Georgia. But like has been the case for really the rest of that defensive front, finishing on the quarterback's just been an issue. Alabama defensively with seven sacks through four games. But again, to have that opportunity, Barmore, DJ Dale, Justin Aboigby, Byron Thomas, rest of those big guys up front, maybe those two true freshmen we talked about with Charlie, going to have to be good against the run. Going to have to be good against Eric Gray and Ty Chandler. And specifically, guard to guard with Trey Smith, Cade Mays, former Alabama offensive lineman, Brandon Kennedy in his sixth year of eligibility at the center position. That's going to be the focal point, for me anyway, early in the game, especially. Can Tennessee put itself in a position of being able to hang in for four quarters in large part because its run game not only keeps the Tennessee offense on the field and out of the turnover category column, but at the same time, maybe keeps Alabama offensively off the field for extended stretches. I also believe for the first time since the Missouri game, Alabama will not exceed 500 total yards in the game. And my thinking here is more along the lines of the fourth quarter of the Georgia game last week. You know, Alabama offensively in that quarter, it had just 88 yards, which relative to what it does in most quarters, that's not a big number. But the big number was the 11-plus minutes that Alabama took off the clock. I think we'll see a repeat of that again tomorrow afternoon at Neyland Stadium. I think Alabama wins the game. 
by a score of 41 to 17. I've kind of struggled with this. You know, back in the offseason at BOL, we did our way too early predictions for games for this season. And my pick at the time was Alabama, but it was 34 19. So a little wider margin after seeing Tennessee over this last game and a half. But again, as I talked about with Wes Rucker yesterday, I just don't see a Tennessee team as a whole that's that bad. You know, the first 10 quarters of Tennessee this season, pretty impressive. You had to consider the opposition. I understand that. But Tennessee was up on the road at halftime in Athens. And then it all just went to heck. 61 to 7, the Vols have been outscored over the last six quarters. And, uh, you know, the the defensive touchdowns that Tennessee has given up with Guarantano in there since the start of the third quarter of that Georgia game. You know, the Georgia and Kentucky defenses since the start of the third quarter of the Georgia game for Tennessee have outscored Tennessee's offense 21 to 7. That's what it was. So there's that part you got to consider as well. Going to head to a final break. We come back. Pops on a Friday on Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. For your Friday, a developing shower or storm is possible across West Alabama. Otherwise, partly sunny skies with highs near 83. Tonight, mostly cloudy with lows near 65. And tomorrow, an isolated shower or storm possible highs near 81 degrees. I'm meteorologist James Spann on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Through all these years, the trial of sorrow, through all these days of doubt and sin, through all these eternal nights, no tomorrow. Gotta stay on straight and narrow to find a little out of it. Gotta walk that road, gotta walk that road, on with heaven. Southern Pride Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. It is that time on Fridays. We like to go to the Peter Brook Chocolatier studio line and check in with Pops. Pops, how do you like that bluegrass on a Friday morning? Like you like that? Yeah, I do. I love that banjo. Yeah, that's Sturgill Simpson, Pops. We'll have to get you that new CD of his. Well, I tell you that. <laughs> you can roll around in that five move forerunner of yours with that Sturgill oh, yeah, player. That sounds good. You know? We got to we got to get you one of your granddaughter's sorority stickers for the back of that forerunner yeah, pops. I'm, you know, we got to get I one of those campus stickers for the back of that forerunner of yours. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, pops, uh, did you see uh, Army and Navy going to play in West Point this year because of the COVID? Not playing in Philadelphia. Going to play that. at West Point. Yeah, they just announced that. Well, I think that's good. That's You'll like good. that. Because what's their stadium about thirty thousand? It's it's maybe a little bigger than that. Yeah. yeah, not big at all. Yeah. Well, that's great. I'm, I, you know, it, it, I'm sure can't have the festivities and everything that yeah. they normally have. But uh, Navy's playing well right now too. Mm-hmm. The Black Knights of the Hudson up there yeah. at West Point. Yeah. My first inclination was for you and me to load up and go up there, but you're right. You know, not probably yeah. going to be able to access the game. No, unfortunately, it, it'll it'll be just the the the, the daggum uh, student sections and things will, will be uh, fill it up. You know, with probably no more than what they can have in there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad there. I, I I like that. I I just think it'd be a great environment for that game. You know. Yeah, I got to get it. We got to get up to West Point at some point, hopefully, for a yeah. game. Yeah. They're on campus. You know, we've been right. to how many Army Navy games we've been to? Two or three, right? Three. I think three. Yeah. We've, yeah. we've been to Baltimore twice and Philly once. We've yeah. Gone. And I mean, that, that's, those have been the highlights of my life, you know. Of your I life. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought that Rolling have. Stones gig at the uh, Jaguar well, the Stadium a year and a half ago was incredible. That was That's the best thing to ever happen to Jacksonville, Florida, Pop said. Biggest, the biggest event ever. Uh-huh. 
uh-huh. by, by far. And we've had a Super Bowl here, but it didn't even compare uh-huh. to, to uh-huh. the Rocket Drive, you know, and and, and Mick, 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 Mick and, uh, and Keith, and the boys. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it, mm-hmm. that was that was just an incredible night. Mm-hmm. Hey, Pop, speaking of Jacksonville, do you see where uh, the First Coast's finest, Derek Henry, has got a new endorsement deal with Old Spice? Now, you've you know, been an I, Old Spice guy at different times in your life, haven't you? I saw that. Uh, I, I saw one of the commercials. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what? I, I, that's Derek Henry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the Derek Henry I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Old Spice. You least finest. My grandmother uh, just did an incredible job with that guy. I mean, he, he's he's quite a human being, you know. Now, were you back in your day? Were you a big Old Spice guy? No, no, I never yeah. did. Now, my dad did though. I mean, no, that's Grandpa all. Grandpa did. Used yeah. Old Spice. I mm-hmm. used, uh, and I'm still using it. Is Canute. <laughs> You've managed to kind of extend that with Canoe. I didn't even know they still made that stuff. I Pops. know. Nana, Nana ran it down. On the and internet. I got a, yeah. I got a, a, got a bottle in my, my cabinet right now in the bathroom. Now, wasn't there another one, though, that you used to wear yeah, pretty it was, heavily? Um, yeah. Uh, what was it What was it called? Uh, it uh, might have been Sex Panther by Odeon from Anchorman. <laughs> 60% of the time, it worked all the time for Pops Canoe back in the day. And, uh, what the God? I, I, it wasn't oh. polo. It was something like that, though. It was it was total 70s, 80s, oh, yeah. what you would expect. Oh, yeah. I want to uh-huh. say ox. ox. What the yeah. crap? I, 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 it escapes me I'll right now, I'll think of it as soon as I get off line with you, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I didn't. I never use that. But everybody else, a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. But uh, now, I, back I, in your day, you used to, you used to have help, these. You, know? you used to have these Burt Reynolds like flybacks in the seventies. You know, they're they're no longer here. <laughs> when it came to hair product, were you were you a moose guy? Were you a final net guy? I've never put moose on my hair. Never. That ain't gonna happen. Yeah. Well, it's not gonna happen now. But back in the day. Yeah. No, you know? I never did. I I, I just uh, I, I blow dried it every day because I had long uh, hair, you know. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Every morning. But were you consort guy, final net guy? Final net. Yeah. <laughs> I went through some final net in my day. The best uh-huh. day of my <laughs> my adult life was when I had had my hair cut off. I said, "Why didn't I do this years ago?" You just went floby. Now Nana just cuts your hair right there on the back oh, porch, yeah. doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. Nana takes care. She's been cutting my hair now probably 15 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you tip Nana? Well, uh, in, uh, in every way that I can, you know. Right, right. And that's about it. Right. I'm, uh, she, uh, she keeps me groomed, you know. Yeah. Makes that chicken salad, egg salad. Oh, yeah. You name she's it. In there. She's in there fixing me. He says, what do you want for lunch today? I said, how about a pineapple sandwich? Oh, it's warm enough, isn't it? It feels like yeah, a pineapple yeah. sandwich well, out there. I just finished cutting the grass, and, the, and a pineapple sandwich just sounded cooling, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Quenching. Quenching. All right, Pops, we got to get to your picks. Two and one last week. Did a nice Man, job I'm again. I'm doing good. Yeah. For so me, let's see what you, know. you got. We got Auburn at Ole Miss to get you going. Who you like there? Who you picking? You know, I, you know I'm going to go with Ole Miss. Lane bit you a little bit last week, but you're going to stick with him. I'm a, well, they're playing at Ole Miss, right? Yeah, they're playing at Ole Miss. And 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 Ole Miss, they didn't do well at all last week. Six interceptions, but, pops. Yeah, but it, but I, I'm Nick is is having a terrible year. Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. uh I got that running back though, Tank Bigsby pops. I think he's going to go for two hundred. You think tomorrow? So? Yeah. Well, yeah. But you like Ole Miss? We'll put you down. Game, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Early game, we'll put you down for the Rebels. Florida yeah. State at Louisville. How about the Seminoles shocking North I Carolina know. last Saturday night? Where'd that I, come I from? Pops? I, I, I like this kid. They got a quarterback now. 
this uh, Travis kid. Uh, he uh, redshirt freshman or sophomore. Uh-huh. Sophomore. But uh, yeah, I like the way he plays. He's he's an athlete that's playing quarterback. Uh, but he can he makes things happen because he can run the ball too. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I, I'm I'm pulling for Florida State. I don't I, Norvell doesn't excite me. I'm not a mm-hmm. big Norvell guy. Right. I, I do like the their their player, the quarterback. So and, you're going Florida State there. You've been yeah, to Cardinal Stadium I, I, out there. I, it's, that one's going to bite me. Mm-hmm. Sure as a world. But I'm gonna, I'm going to be I'm going to go with Florida State. Kentucky at Missouri as we let you out of here. Yeah, and and Missouri's got that that young quarterback starting for them now, and they and, they, and he's doing a really good job for Bain's them. like, yeah. Uh, and I'd never even heard of the kid, and I'm pulling for him. But I was really excited about that Kentucky win last week. I thought that was a terrific win for him at Tennessee. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Missouri. I'm gonna go with my heart and mm-hmm. and uh, hope they can pull that one out. Alabama, of course, traveling to Tennessee. You've said before, Neyland Stadium, your favorite stadium to watch a college football game in. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, he said. Without a doubt. The, Why, the, Pops? The, the, the tailgating is incredible. Mm. Uh, they the, got the live music foilage. on every like corner at 8 o'clock in yeah. the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just it's rocking and rolling hours before the game. Elbow to elbow. Of course, it's yeah, and that you know like that this year. That's after an experience in which you know your your youngest son got a view of Peerless Price's taillights on that kickoff return in '98. <laughs> you still think you still love Tennessee? You still yes, love? Yes, I'm afraid so. Well, you yeah. know, uh, I, I'm hoping Mac will have another great game. The guys, yeah. You know, I'm sure it's a shame because I know Corky would be proud of him. You know, there's yeah, that's a shame. And coach, he, he, but he's he's. Just playing out, just playing great. Yeah. He absolutely is. Well, Pops, enjoy that pineapple sandwich, and we'll uh, be tracking your picks. All right, man. Sure. We'll talk there to you goes, later. Pops. Bye. Matt Jones from the Bowl School, Chipper Jones from the Bowl School in Jacksonville, Florida. That's not bad for uh, trying to keep up with the Joneses, is it? Not too bad at all. Pops with you there on a Friday, giving you his picks before that pineapple sandwich. Thank you, Jacob Harrison, for producing the program. Thanks to Charlie Potter as well. The lunch whistle today, Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. I was there yesterday for lunch. Of course, I got the chopped wedge with the grilled uh, chicken, but they had the brisket chili on special yesterday, too, and it was outstanding. Had black-eyed peas for the side of the day, and they were outstanding. Great, great stuff at Southern Ale House. Until 11 a.m. on Monday. Have a great football weekend, everybody.